Today's case will talk about a young guy who survived alone for more than two months in the Australian desert. I don't know if you know the TV programme Naked and Afraid, where couples try to survive together for 21 days in an isolated place. There's the Naked and Afraid XL version, where there's a larger group and they have to survive for 40 days. Interestingly, each participant in this show is entitled to take a single utensil as an auxiliary tool. It can be whatever they want, rope, lighter, sneakers, knife, but it can only be one per person. Why am I saying this? Because in today's case, this guy survived in a desert without any equipment or any tools for 71 days and alone. That's almost twice as long as Naked and Afraid XL usually does. Today I will talk about the struggle for survival of Ricky Meggie. Ricky Meggie was born in 1971 in Victoria, Australia. As a child, he moved to Melbourne. He never finished college and worked in a wide variety of roles. He was an electrician, nightclub security guard, carpet seller and a shrimp fisherman. Despite his numerous occupations, he had already been arrested for getting involved in a fight in the city of Perth. In January 2006, aged 35, Ricky was offered a job in a government department in Port Hedland, Western Australia. He accepted the job and went on a long journey, which he had already done several times previously. Driving a 2001 Mitsubishi Challenger, he took the Buntine Highway, which for much of the journey was a desert trail. During the trip, Ricky saw three men sitting on the side of the road with a parked car. He stopped, asked if they needed help, and they said their car was out of gas. Ricky offered them a ride to the next gas station, and from there they could try to get another ride back. Weirdly, all three accepted. Nobody stayed with the car. In the car, the men attacked Ricky. He felt something strike his arm and he blacked out. When he woke up, he was in the passenger seat and one of the men was driving his car. Still dizzy, he tried to take control of the steering wheel, but another assailant gave him a blow on his neck which made him pass out again. When Ricky woke the second time, he was tied up at a small camp. The men were organising backpacks. It appeared that they were about to leave. As soon as they saw Ricky awake, they handed him a bottle of water. At that time, Ricky just thought that what was happening there was a robbery. He remembered that in this area there were people who bought stolen passports, mostly for financial scams and identity switching. He bitterly blamed himself for not remembering this before offering the men a ride. He passed out once again, and when he woke up he was in a shallow grave, covered by a black tarp, wearing only his shirt and pants. His socks and shoes were stolen. Upon checking his pockets, he realised that his wallet was gone too, but that he still had $14 and his car keys. He felt relieved because he assumed his car would be outside and that he would soon be out of this horrible nightmare. As soon as he got out of the hole, he looked around, but he could not see anything but dry trees and sand. There was no road, no river, no animals, and his car, of course, was not there. For the next ten days, he walked and slept. Barefoot, he often lost consciousness from heat exhaustion, which reached about 40 degrees Celsius. During the night, he slept very little because of the cold. 
Despite being a desert, it sometimes rained, so he was able to drink water from time to time. He soon realised that it did not rain every day, so to survive, he drank his own urine. As a source of food, he ingested some flowers and some animals he found including snakes, frogs, ants and lizards. Eventually, he came across a small dam and a place to take shelter. He decided to rest there for a while to protect himself from the sun, recover his energy and let his foot heal before continuing his walk. In the following days, he focused on survival, drinking water and eating what he could. However, his diet was so poor he ended up staying in that place for another two months. On the 71st day while resting, he heard a car passing near his shelter. He came out and started waving his arms to get attention and ask for help. He was rescued by two workers at Birindudu Station, which is part of a group owned by Hatesbury, one of Australia's biggest export cattle producers. Ricky was about 30 kilometres away from that station, and luckily the employees took that route that day to visit another station. Ricky, who 71 days ago weighed about 100 kilograms, weighed only 45 kilograms when he was rescued. Due to his weakened condition, he was admitted to hospital for three weeks and placed on a strict diet. But during that period, there was another setback. The police were not convinced by Ricky's story. There were many loose ends. If the criminals wanted to rob him, why did they keep him for so long? Why was he left to die in a shallow grave instead of killing him and burying him for good? If the car had been stolen, why didn't they take the keys with them? The police believed that Ricky's story hid the truth. Perhaps he had done something which could land him in trouble with the police. Ricky underwent psychiatric evaluation and one of the doctors stated that they could not say that Ricky's story was true, but they could not say it was false either. Considering the climatic and physiological conditions in which he spent 71 days, he may need time to recover his mental health. Thus, due to lack of evidence that disproved Ricky's story, the case was closed. Ricky was the victim of an assault and kidnapping and had survived his conditions of abandonment. In 2010, four years after the incident, Ricky released a book called Left for Dead How I Survived 71 Days Lost in a Desert Hell. He went on a promotional tour of book signings and motivational talks. Ricky is currently married to a girl named Kate, whom he met the year he was rescued. He now works in Dubai for a construction company. And you? Would you survive 71 days in the desert? Leave your opinion in the comments. See you in the next case. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo, a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. 